number one comedy. We'll smash the boundaries of time and space. Is that true? Everything I say is true. When it moves to Monday. No way. Way. Yeah! It's the Big Bang Theory season premiere event. The brave new world, little lady. The biggest Big Bang dun, dun, dun. since the first Big Bang. How fun and imaginative. The Big Bang Theory moves to Monday's. Greetings, one and all. This is Rico, and you are listening to Trexan Sci-Fi, episode 504 for September 14th, 2014. I'm back, and it's going to be doing a classic type of show. It's been, seems like forever since I've done one of a normal show or normal podcast like this. The subject for today, appropriately, uh, getting back into a classic swing is a TOS episode from Season 3 called Elan of Troyes. This is maybe not one of the best of Trek. It is from Season 3, but I think there's some interesting things in it. I've got some clips. We'll talk about that episode. Talk about what I've been up to and some geeky topics, what's going on in the world of sci-fi and fantasy entertainment and news on television, movies, so forth and so on. And... uh, you know, just a bunch of cool things like the Big Bang Theory that I played there at the beginning, returning um, in about a uh, two weeks, a little less than two weeks. Uh, actually, just a week now that I think about it. It's the 22nd of uh, September, Monday, uh, a week from tomorrow, basically. It'll be back, which is great. Uh, I love the show. I know there's a few people that don't seem to enjoy it, but I've 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 loved it from episode one up until the present. It's, it's just a lot of fun. I, I just... Um, enjoy the characters and so forth so that's back on the 22nd so uh without any further ado let's play a little intro uh theme music here and then i'll come back and we'll get into the show proper i'm captain kirk ladies and gentlemen may i present the winners of the 74th annual hunger games we want a man in black I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the Futurist of War. Resistance is futile. Jedi's drink flows from the Force, but beware of the dark side. Yes, it is a standard Trex and Sci-Fi show. Yeah, this is Rico. Hey, how's it going? How you doing? Say hi to your mother for me. <laughs> That's my bad Mark Wahlberg impression, right? Didn't I do that a few weeks back? Or back when the new Transformers came out that he was in that everyone's forgotten, even though it made a bunch of money? Uh, it seems like very few people that I know went to see it. Uh, a few, but uh, I, I thought it was okay. 
Oh, sorry about that. Had a quick little interruption there. So, um, okay, back to, um, yeah, what's been going on. I was talking to bad Mark Wahlberg impressions and Transformers. Uh, over the last few weeks, oh, first I'd, li- I'd like to say a big thank you to Sean and, and, and Bridget for doing um, the podcast last week about movie robots. You guys were great. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think it uh, was a very cool idea to do that, uh, covering uh, your your top ten movie robots. And, and uh, it's, uh, you know, the, I've, I've said a few times, that, you know, creating lists and things like that is hard for me to do at least, but I enjoyed all of your choices. I really brought back some memories, especially with Johnny Five and, and some other robots from the past. So thanks for that. Uh, you guys can come back anytime, guest host. Uh, please again maybe do I think you were talking about doing TV robots uh, perhaps in the future so that'd be a cool idea in a few months or something or whenever you'd like so just let me know thanks and uh, thanks for doing the show so what's been going on yeah I've um, I've been kind of focused a lot in the last few weeks on working on the house uh, painting fixing things on the outside of the house painting the outside and it's uh, stopped me from seeing many movies. I haven't had a chance to see uh, Sin City 2 uh, yet. Probably not going to be able to see that until it comes out on home video. It's uh, I, I did want to see it. It just slipped by, kind of. And I, I didn't hear much talk about it. I, it seems to... I, you know, that late summer time frame for movies is, is a tricky one. I think the last movie I went to see at the theaters was that uh, Expendables 3. I also wanted to see November Man with Pierce Brosnan. Uh, not really a sci-fi thing, but it looked good. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, that's uh, been the situation. Uh, so uh, I've been watching a few things on Netflix and a couple other places. Been catching up on a few things there. I just finished actually last night. I'm not sure if I talked about this very much, but I finally watched and finished the first season, even though it came out like a year ago. The first season of Hemlock Grove on Netflix, and they do have a second season on there now too, which I, I plan on uh, watching and starting that. Uh, I'll try to start that pretty soon. But you know, they I, I like the season uh, season one pretty well, although I thought the season finale. I'm not going to give anything away. No spoilers here, but you know, there were a lot of things that happened in it that changed a lot of. Uh, I think uh, obviously intentionally for the future. I gotta check on the that show though. In the credits, it says based on the book, and it, it seems to me there's a lot that has happened in that in that show. If it's just based on like one book, I don't know. Maybe they've gone beyond the one book, but anyway, it's a it's kind of a supernatural thing. Werewolves, vampires, that kind of stuff. Again, I'm not gonna say too much uh, about it. Uh, that uh, one actress is in there that. Trek fans know from Next Generation. She's also Jean Grey in the X-Men films. Uh, Famke, what's her last name? Jansen, something like that. Uh, I, I have trouble with her name. I know she's from, you know, somewhere outside the U.S., I think, originally born, or at least her name uh, and heritage. But, uh, yeah, she's she's crazy tall, too. What is she, like six foot? It's funny in the show. She She's taller than most of the, most of the guys on the show. Except one of the guys that plays her son, I think, is about her height. So, uh, but um, but yeah. So I watched that, and uh, you know, a few other things. Oh, I finally watched the movie Frozen. My gosh, you know, <laughs> how long has that been out now? Uh, I I kind of preparing for the new season of Once Upon a Time, 
since they are going to do a riff on uh, El, you know, a Frozen riff where Elsa, I guess, and I don't know other characters maybe from the movie are going to show up in uh, Storybrooke and that show. And uh, the you know, Once Upon a Time to me has been a show that's been uh, just kind of a nice, steady, fun, neat show to watch. Some people I know watched and, and kind of fell off and didn't watch it anymore after the first couple of seasons. I still think it's kind of good and, and, and has some really good actors and actresses in it and, and is a fun story. So I've uh, kept up with that and been enjoying it still. So the um, what else? Uh, I've been reading a bunch of comics, uh, preparing for, oh, preparing for Austin Comic Con. Yes, with uh, going to be down there in a few weeks with the ladies from Anomaly and some of their friends and a bunch of other people, obviously, that'll be at the convention. And uh, the um, I, and I talked about this on the anniversary show. I have uh, a costume for uh, Malcolm Reynolds uh, that um, from Firefly, obviously, that I got from Cosplay Sky, and I, I like it a lot. I, I finally ordered some fairly cheap brown costume boots for it. Uh, that should be coming in the next uh, oh, next week or so in plenty of time for the show. So I'm uh, preparing for that. It's going to be uh, pretty cool to be down there again. I'm looking forward to it a lot. It's been a busy time at work and around working around the house, so it'll be nice to have a little break. I'm actually taking a break this week in a way. I, uh, it's sort of work-related, but I have to go out of town a driving trip to Indianapolis for uh, – I, I work in powder coatings. I don't talk specifically much about work, details at least, but there's a trade show kind of thing there, conference slash whatever, that is going on in Indianapolis this week. I actually have to be uh, giving a talk uh, on one of the days, which should be interesting, even though I podcast for a lot of years. And, uh, you know, I, it, it should be pretty fine and easy. It's on Wednesday of this week. It's only like about a 45-minute thing. I'm doing it kind of with another couple of guys, but I, I think I'm going to do most of the speaking. So that should be uh, should be okay. And uh, so that it'll be getting me away from the office more or less and out of town. So it'll be a, it'll be a nice change of pace. To, uh, and then in a couple of weeks down in Texas, the weather uh, here has gotten cooler. I'm, I'm kind of very disappointed because each weekend I've been out there painting and scraping and working on the house, but, uh, it's, um, today, I mean, right now I'm looking at the outside temperatures, like 50 degrees out and I need it to be at least about 60 to get, you know, to do painting without it, you know, you know, so it can kind of dry and, and work well, but, uh, maybe later this afternoon it should be okay to do a little bit, I think. So hopefully you do a couple more windows and I'm going to have to get someone to do some of the upper level stuff though. Um, but, um, yeah, so enough about what's Rico been up to and, and, and stuff like that. You know, some geeky-related things. Uh, trying to look around uh, collectible-wise what's been going on. I'll talk more about that later in the podcast, but uh, not a whole lot. I'm mostly stuff preparing for uh, the convention in a couple of weeks. So, uh, let's see. Uh, as far as other things and topics and news, one thing that I really wanted to point out that I think is a lot of fun uh, there's a new web series that started called the Red Shirt Diaries. Uh, this is, uh, it's obviously, the, the name is, is very clever because it's sort of a takeoff. There was this Showtime uh, series called the Red Shoe Diaries, sort of a soft core porn. <laughs> I don't I wouldn't even, I, 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 
it, anyway, the, that's where the name comes from. The the story, though, this is a TOS-related thing because basically what it is, it's about a, a female redshirt ensign uh, aboard the original Enterprise. And there's only been two episodes and a couple of preview things that have been put out so far. But what they're doing, what she's doing, and, and whoever else is working on this, writing it, uh, just search for Red Shirt Diaries on Red Shirt Diaries on uh, YouTube. Uh, but they're going through like the classic original series episodes, uh, more or less in order at least so far. And it's like a little three-minute bit on her reaction to what's going on. Like the first one they covered was the man trap episode with the salt creature, you know, that wants salt uh, that comes up from the planet and. Uh, so and and Gertrude, the little uh, the little hand puppet creature, is in there, and and then the next one that she talks about is Charlie X, and uh, so she does things sort of related to what's going on in the episode and how she's reacting to the events of that, but just kind of giving a little log entry or a diary, as she calls it, in her quarters, uh, and uh, I don't know if they'll explore other areas, but uh, it's very cute, very clever, very well done. The actress that's playing. Uh, the red shirt uh, character is is great. She she's real natural and comfortable with the camera and everything. I'm gonna play uh, a little bit of it here for you. Uh, I think I'll play the preview and then maybe a little bit of like the first uh, episode to give you a feel for it. But check it out, uh, Red Shirt Diaries. Here we go. Hi, I'm Ensign Williams, a security officer aboard the Starship Enterprise, and these are my logs. Bye. Um, Baylor. Is this what you humans call sitting? I'm Captain Kirk! You're required to record a log every day. Throughout a mission would be ideal, but every day is better. Great. Thanks, Lieutenant Uhura. <laughs> do you have any more questions? Uh, yeah, just one. Why do you get long sleeves? <laughs> Senior officer. You have got to stick around to get the long sleeves. <laughs> Is that a, a Starfleet rule or a Captain Kirk rule? Honey, on this ship, it's so hard to tell. Hmm. Roast turkey? Dull, not bad. Plomic broth! Why in the world would you drink a cube that tastes like plomic broth? So, it's pretty quiet on board the ship today. Kirk, the doctor, Sturgeon, and Green are down planet side providing an annual physical checkup for some scientists. Boring stuff. I was actually supposed to be down there as part of the security detail, but Green owed me a favor. Although he has picked up kind of a nasty reputation after our last stop at Jupiter Station from that blonde yeoman. What's her name, Randall? So, here I am, eating my cubes. That, that, that is Gertrude. Oh! oh, Fifty Shades of Grey and Klingon, that's my favorite historical romance. Yeah, so definitely check that out. It's great stuff, uh, really well done. Uh, it's coming out, I think, just once a week right now on Mondays. It's called, again, Red Shirt Diaries on YouTube. Uh, definitely a fun little show. Very uh, cute and uh, just only a few minutes long, so it doesn't take much time to watch them. 
The uh, other thing I wanted to point out, or there's a few other things. Uh, one, a, a cool uh, thing that a fan has done is he's uh, had the premise or the idea of what would the original Star Trek series look like if it was in widescreen. Uh, a guy, an illustrator from San Francisco named Nick Acosta, uh, he's uh, he's done a few things online. He's got uh, a website. Uh, let me see if I can find the link for it here. Yeah, it's called uh, cargocollective.com and, and then forward slash Nick Nick A. Costa, but I think if you just go to this story is over on Trek Movie. Uh, but uh, he, what he did is he took to get uh, some screenshots uh, from the original series, Blu ray high def screenshots he gra- gathered over at Trek Core, and he put them together. You know, if they if they would pan across like a scene in the bridge or somewhere else, if you stitch the scene, you know, stitch the pieces together, if, if people kind of stayed in place then you could kind of create a widescreen look. And uh, he's done this to, to really neat effect uh, from f- several scenes, from several episodes, especially in the early series, early seasons. It's interesting. It's kind of funny because when people move across the scene, if they walk across, they're actually in the in these shots twice, like Spock will show up in both sides of it. But the point being, you can kind of get a feel for a widescreen. You know, you can show the whole bridge that way rather than just a half section of it. And uh, it's very neat, and uh, it makes me wonder what uh, what it would look like. It actually made me search on YouTube a little bit, and what a couple of other people have done that I've seen. Uh, I think I pulled it up for Next Generation. I'm not sure if anyone did it for TOS, but... Um, what they did is they took a, the clip, a clip from like one of the Blu-rays of Next Generation, and they did what's called a pan and scan version of it to make it widescreen. You know, the original track and Next Gen, they were all in four by three format, and that that fit the TVs of the time. But of course, all TVs these days are widescreen, so that you get these uh, black bars on each side. If you watch a Trek episode on your widescreen, you know, high def TV, you get a black bar on the left and the right because it doesn't fit the the widescreen format. And what you what they've done is there's a technique in videos that's called pan and scan which basically allows you to you widescreen it but you artificially move what you're showing in the image. So if there's like a scene that's in 4x3 format, you focus the area on just a piece of that scene. And then if the other person talks, you kind of slowly move it over that way. I've always not liked it. I'd rather see the full frame the way it's supposed to be, even if there are black bars on the sides or the top and the bottom or whatever. But uh, but it's you know it's interesting because a lot of you know Trek you know the action is kind of focused in in the middle, so you can kind of get away with it, I think. And so this is uh, it's a neat neat thing. And uh, you know we're just finishing up now the release of TNG on Blu-ray. And they, you know, hopes are that they'll move on to Deep Space Nine and then, you know, eventually Voyager. They've released Enterprise because Enterprise was easy to do since it was filmed uh, in high def. So there wasn't a whole lot of work that needed to be done there that they could just release that. So we've got all four seasons of Enterprise already out on Blu-ray, almost all of TNG. So that just leaves the uh, Deep Space Nine and Voyager to do. There's little hints and, and things that are making it look like they might do Deep Space Nine. I, I kind of hope they do, but uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, 
Hey, I'm going to take a short break. I will be back with just a little bit more news, and then we'll get into the episode of the day, Alan of Troyes. Do you experience bouts of geekdom? If so, Anomaly may be right for you. In clinical studies, Anomaly's convention reports, cosplay topics, and commentary on Star Wars, Doctor Who, Star Trek, and other sci-fi fantasy genres provided a feeling of fullness while promoting optimal geekiness. Anomaly is available over-the-counter at Stitcher and in the iTunes, Zune, and BlackBerry stores. Learn more at AnomalyPodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Anomaly, your prescription for geek entertainment. All right, a couple other uh, little stories I wanted to touch on and, and talk about a little bit. I think uh, Kaylee is barking at something outside, so I'm not sure what. But uh, if you hear some dogs barking, <laughs> it's that's what it is, or a dog a dog barking. Uh, the there was one story that was floating all over the internet uh, this week about um, the filming of Episode Seven, Star Wars Episode Seven, in England. And uh, they, there was some aerial shots of a uh, part or half of the Millennium Falcon and some X-Wing vehicles being, you know, sort of somebody taking aerial views of them being filmed outside somewhere. It, uh, you know, it just shows how much this production is being stalked and, and, and trying people trying to get any kind of glimpses of what's going on. I just wish we'd get like a... You know, a little, this is the same thing. It's very, very J.J. Abrams that we were all saying the same thing about, you know, the last Star Trek movie. Uh, I'm hoping by the end of the year, you know, by Christmas time with Christmas movies, which what will be about a year away at that point, right? Because uh, it comes out in December 2015. I'm hoping we'll get some kind of little teaser, teaser something. Uh, he tends to do, does, you know, does stuff like that. Uh, it, it could be very, very non-informative, you know, not much. You know, heck, it should just could just be a, uh, you know, the image of a lightsaber and with some kind of voiceover, who knows. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so the, this thing was all over Facebook and the Internet of these shots of um, a couple of X-Wing-like vehicles and uh, the Millennium Falcon. And people are going nuts, you know, oh, look, 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 you know, and, the, and they obviously, you know, these ships are going to be in the movie. It isn't really telling us anything or any big surprise. I mean, it's neat to see it out in the quote unquote real world rather than it being on a, on a movie set. I, I always enjoyed when they used real locations. You know, one of the things that I really liked and I think that people have been saying about this new film that in the original uh, saga, in the original four ep, or sorry, what am I saying? <laughs> in the original trilogy, yes, four, five, and six, there there was a lot more, you know, kind of on location, not so much CGI, not everything done was done in a green screen. You know, they were out there in in uh, what was it, Norway for Empire, and uh, you know, out in the in in Tunisia, and, and just in the redwood forest, and in Return of the Jedi. So it, it's it's cool when I think they're out there in the real, you know, you know, in the world in places to see our characters that we, you know, like, you know, so much and care about out rather than just on a set. So I hope we get a lot of that practical effects, not just CGI everywhere plastered. Uh, I think the Star Trek movies kind of make it look like that, uh, you know, that they've used a lot of location stuff that they've done for those films obviously things on the ship too i mean they, when they're on the ship there's not much you can get around 
when you do Star Trek, it's it's uh, you know showing showing you the ship. Although, you know, when you think about it, JJ in the Enterprise, you know, they were often that you know what was it a beer making a, a facility for engineering in the first movie or whatever. So it uh, but uh, but anyway, so that happened, and I thought that was a cool thing to mention. And now I'm trying to recall. <laughs> there was one other little story that I saw. Let me let me f- scroll here a little bit. Ah, yes, the um, I found it now. So there's been a little bit more info from the Batman Superman uh, Dawn of Justice camp movie and stuff. We've seen a better image of the Batmobile. Looks kind of a lot like the Christopher Nolan, excuse me, Christian Bale Batmobile. You know, kind of a more militaristic, militaristic, militaristic version. You know, this this very armor-plated big machine doesn't look at all like a a car or a vehicle like the earlier Batmobiles did. It looks more like a a tank, basically. And there are, so there's some images of that. We've seen a little glimpses here and there. You know, they're filming some of this in Michigan in the Detroit area. And we've, they've been little bits that they've picked up of some of the actors here and some of the action scenes, uh, there was a little clip, of, a real fuzzy, distant view of the Batmobile looked like an action going down a street fast. So, um, yeah, even though this movie is, what, 2016? So we are uh, two years, a little less than two years away. I, I, I don't remember the exact date. I think it's, is it June or May of, of 2016? So, you know, yeah, we're we're still a huge amount of time away from this. I mean, just think about this. Next summer will still be a year away from this movie, right? <laughs> oh boy. So, um so anyway, yeah, that's the uh situation there and they're working on it and uh you know, we'll start seeing I'm sure more more footage and stuff. Heck, they even released that little bit of footage from Comic-Con with the bat signal and Superman out in the uh, sky above and the bat signal kind of lighting him up and Batman there looking up at him, uh, which which looked like a cool scene. And if that's actually, you know, part of the movie or if some kind of little teaser, I hope it's actually that way in the movie. I don't like it when they create stuff for trailers and teasers that isn't really in the movie. I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, JJ's done that a little bit. Uh, you know, there was a kind of that scene from the first uh, Star Trek movie that he did of them building the Enterprise. Even though building the Enterprise was sort of shown in the movie, it wasn't really shown in the way that they did it in that clip. So, that's close, I guess. So, All right, I should get out of here and get into the the Trek episode right now, Elaine of Troyes, Elan, I should say, Elaine, it's not Elaine. If I slip on that a few times during this uh, podcast, I'm sorry, Elan of Troyes. So this episode's from early in season three. I'm gonna play uh, one of the first clips here from early in the episode. Uh, I think when uh, the transport of uh, Alon comes aboard the Enterprise. So uh, here we go with this third season TOS episode, Elan of Troyes. Kirk here, what is it? Captain, I have a signal from the Elasians. They're ready to beam aboard and they demand an explanation for the delay. Demand? What delay? All right, beam them aboard. Sounds typical of the Elasians. The scientists who made the initial investigation reported the men were vicious and arrogant. Oh, that's just the negative part, Mr. Spock. I've been over those records. Now, the women, they're supposed to be something very special. They're supposed to have a kind of a subtle, mystical power that drives men wild. Uh, 
Ambassador Petty, would you drop all this nonsense and tell me what this is about? That must wait until the dolman is aboard. The dolman? What the devil's a dolman? The thing most feared and hated by my people, our most deadly enemy. Ambassador of Troyes. I'm Captain Kirk. The ship is under my command. There's a Trojan here. I must know that all is secure before the Dolman is brought on board. This ship is secure, and we're prepared for any hostile acts. Energize. So that's what starts out this episode um, from Trek. Uh, it um, This is an interesting episode uh, for a few reasons. It's kind of a play on um, Helen of Troy and a couple other things. Uh, the episode was written and directed. John Meredith Lucas wrote and directed this episode, which um, for Star Trek trivia fans, it is... Uh, unique in the fact that I think it's it's definitely the only original series episode that that's the case. I'm not sure about the uh, other series of Trek. Uh, Got to believe there's somebody in there wrote and directed an episode, both. But uh, so this is a little unique. John Meredith Lucas wrote and directed this episode. It was only the second one that was produced for season three, even though it aired later in the season because uh, they had to do some extra work for this episode with creature effects and, and, and special effects and different things for this episode that made it held it up a little bit. So it, uh, even though, again, uh, there are some things in this episode, like we see a Klingon ship, actually. The design of the Klingon ship in this episode is really the first time it appears, uh, even though when it's airing, uh, other episodes like Day of the Dove appear before this one. So there's another unique kind of bit of trivia. But this was actually the first episode it was used in as they were filming. Again, it was from season three. It first aired on December 20th, 1968. The remaster version of it aired in on March 29th, 2008. So uh, 40 years later, uh, basically. And the remastered version is kind of interesting because you see better looks at the uh, Klingon ship and the fighting that they do with that. Uh, and a, c- a couple different views of the planets of Elas and Troyes. Uh, but uh, so the, the basics of this story are this woman comes aboard the Enterprise along with some of her personal guards uh, from this planet called Elas. And her name is Elan. 
and she is being sort of uh, taken away to an, a nearby planet called uh, Troyus, uh, where the people that live there are called Troyans, uh, and she is going to be married off to uh, one of the bigwigs over there, basically, to put these two warring planets, uh, you know, stop the um, the battling and the fighting between these two planets uh, by basically taking her, you know, in a way, Helen of Troy, and marrying her off to the enemy. Even though she isn't too happy about this situation, and this is, uh, there's sort of a, a mission of etiquette and protocol here because there's this guy named Petrie who is a Trojan from Troyus that is is supposed to prepare her for meeting the Trojans and he's the ambassador that's supposed to sort of teach Elan the ways of the Trojans and, and sort of culture her a bit. And she's, she's very animalistic. She's very aggressive. She f- feels everyone should bow down at her feet and all that. She's played by actress uh, France, I, I don't know how you say her name, is it France or Francie Nguyen? Uh, she's an Asian actress. Interesting thing about that is that she had some experience working with William Shatner pr- prior to, uh, to doing Trek. And uh, she's uh, very lovely. She's costumed in the typical 60s, you know, woman guest star thing. Don't show the belly button, but show just about everything else. She's wearing this very scantily clad outfit when she comes aboard the Enterprise. Her hair is done in these little ringlet styles. She, she looks very much like an uh, exotic princess. Now, there's some out there that think this episode is kind of, you know, somewhat degrading to women, perhaps, you know, that he's being married off. Uh, She's also not the greatest (laughs) role model. She's she's a little, uh, you know, nasty and aggressive. And and then there's the whole romance and love angle that happens later with Kirk. But uh, we'll get to that. And, you know, I don't deny any of that stuff. It's 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 a it's a very 60s type of episode in a way for for some of those things but um again i think there's still some interesting stuff here going on uh let's play another clip for you the um there's a guy named petri in this episode he's the uh troyus uh, uh troyan ambassador and he is played by just had his name up here a second ago <laughs> sorry about that uh he is play, played by an actor named Jay Robinson, who just passed away only about a year ago. Actually, uh, Francine, uh, Francine Nguyen, is, uh, she is still alive. Uh, she still looks very lovely. She's got that, I don't know, something about Asian genetics that they age very well. Uh, but uh, she's doing well still. So anyway, let me play the next clip where Petri, played by Jay Robinson, explains some of the situation to uh, Captain Kirk. My first officer, Mr. Spark, will show you to your quarters. Ambassador, if I might speak to you. You have not been dismissed. May I have your permission to go? You are now dismissed. Why, thank you. Ambassador? Ambassador, I think it's time you told me what's going on. That creature, Elan, is to be the wife of our ruler, to bring peace. Our two warring planets now possess the capability of mutual destruction. Some method of coexistence must be found. I see. So we go back to Troyes. Yes. Ah, but slowly, Captain. I will need time. Before we reach there, she must be taught civilized manners. 
In her present condition, my people would never accept her. And you are to be her teacher? Those are my orders. I must ask you and your crew to respect, or at least tolerate their arrogance. Friction must be kept at a minimum. Yes, that I can understand. Another thing you should understand, Captain. You have as much at stake as I have. Your superiors have made the statement that failure of this mission would be as catastrophic for Federation planning as it would be for our two planets. To gain peace at the price of accepting such a queen is no victory. I will take her the official gifts I bear. Perhaps that will soften her mood. Yeah, so so Petri, he's got his hands full. He's uh, he's definitely got uh, his hands full trying to deal with Elon. Uh, Petri, you know, he's got this interesting makeup. I thought in this episode, he looks very much like actually like an Andorian. I think uh, to a degree, uh, the um, you know the kind of whitish hair. He has kind of a greenish turquoisey kind of skin, not really blue. I think, but. Uh, the int- one thing about this episode that I've always found uh, a, a little confusing, but it sort of makes sense, I guess, is just the name of the episode, Elon of Troyes. She is not really of Troyes. She's going to be. She's being tried to marry it off to someone there. She's really from this other planet called Elas, which is also confusing because her name is Elon, and she comes from a planet named Elas. You know, you think you could have, uh, and the Elasians that live there, you think they could. Um, of come up with a, uh, you know, maybe that was a, on purpose. I guess it probably was in purpose to give her a name so close to her planet's name and the people that live there. But the, the uh, yeah, it, uh, it it becomes a little confusing. And then you've got the name of the episode, Elon of Troyes, being, you know, she is going to Troyan or Troyes and meet with the Troyans and marry one of them and all. So during the mission, and as time goes on, I'm probably getting a little ahead of myself, but uh, Spock starts to detect this little sensor blip glitch, which uh, appears to be some kind of possibly a ship tracking them and following them. It's cloaked and uh, hard for him to uh, get a lock on it at all. But meanwhile, uh, Alon is getting a tour of the ship, and she is down in engineering. One of the good things about this episode, and there are, again, I think, some some several good things, is that you get to see a little bit more of Scotty, a little bit of Uhura, since she has to give up her quarters to Elon, which is 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 a bit surprising that, uh, you know, a big starship like this wouldn't have some nice guest quarters. Uh, I suppose Uhura's quarters maybe as being an officer of the bridge and all that, might be a little bit better than their guest quarters, perhaps. I don't know that, uh, but I thought it was um, nice because there gets to be this little thing like you know, Elon doesn't like the quarters; they're not good enough. And Uhura's like, "Well, what do you mean my quarters aren't good enough? Let me go talk to her." Uh, but so that's that's kind of uh, a cool point. But you get to see some of the secondary characters do a little bit more. There isn't much Chekhov or Sulu in this, but in this next scene, I'm going to play for you. This is down in engineering, and Ilan is there, and she's talking to Scotty, and uh, we get some nice Scotty stuff here uh, where she kind of insults him in his engine room and all that. We're only running on impulse engines now. Ordinarily, we use the warp engines exclusively. Well, I suppose uh, 
Lassie, that even our impulse engines must seem fast compared to your nuclear propulsion units. We're interested in how the ship is used in combat, not in what drives it. Engines are for mechanics and menials. Menials? Without engines, there'd be no fighting on... Scott, I wish you had told me that you wanted a tour of the engineering departments. Do we not have the freedom of this ship? We have granted your crew the permission not to kneel in our presence. What else do you want? Courtesy, remember? Courtesy is not for inferiors. Courtesy is for everyone around here, and you'll find you won't be able to exist on Troyes without it. Mr. Scott, our chief engineer, has shown you his engineering department. That's a courtesy. You respond by saying thank you. Yeah, don't uh, don't uh, insult engineers or engineering, you know, when, or the engines or anything related to that uh, when Scotty's around. Bad idea. So Elon, yeah, she's uh, yeah, she's just a little baby basically in this, and uh, it it takes you know some time. And Petri doesn't have very good luck with her at all. Uh, he's he just doesn't he doesn't really know how to to both get you know influence her or control things without just being you know like butting heads with her and that leads to the fact that uh, she she attacks him when uh, when he's trying to instruct her in different manners and 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 stuff so Petri poor Petri ends up uh, getting stabbed with one of her knives she's got these knives which. I think it's interesting that they allow one of the things about this episode her guards and and Elan herself are allowed to keep weapons uh, you know phaser like things the guards seem to have and also Elan has these knives and you know yeah they're diplomatic guests but eh, would you really want to leave you know armed guys aboard your ship that you don't really know that much about it should have at least come up as a question like, hey, could you could you please give us your weapons while you're aboard the ship? You know, you're not in any danger here. You don't really need them. You know, and, and even if it had been requested and they refused, you know, at least you would have had the, the attempt. But uh, but anyway, uh, so so Alan stabs Petri, and the next scene here, I think the next clip, is uh, Kirk talking to him in sickbay. The Federation High Commissioner is on his way to Troyes to attend the royal wedding. Ambassador, if Elysian women are that vicious, why are men so overwhelmingly attracted to them? I mean, what magic do they possess? It's not magic. It's biochemical. A man whose flesh is once touched by the tears of a woman of Elas has his heart enslaved forever. Ambassador, there's an added complication. Federation High Commissioner will be attending the wedding. Oh, the fat will be on the fire when he learns the bride just tried to murder the groom's ambassador. There will be no wedding. I would not have our ruler marry that monster if the entire galaxy depended on it. And I will have nothing further to do with you. Well, I'm not asking you to have anything to do with me. Just do your job with her. How long will it be before he's on his feet? Be a few days, a week at least, John. Here you put me, Captain. Here I will stay. I have nothing further to say to you. So 
So poor Petri is kind of out of action there for a while. So Kirk kind of has to step in to uh, get Elon ready. She is known also as the Dolman of uh, Elon. So Dolman is kind of like a princess, I suppose. Uh, interesting little bit of trivia there is the in the TNG episode Relics, where Scotty uh, comes aboard the the TNG Enterprise. He makes a comment, kind of an offhanded comment. Uh, to someone where he says something like, I remember when we were transporting the Dolmany Villas, uh, something like that. So that uh, you've got that going on. All right. The one thing, um, uh, other thing that I wanted to say here is there is a cool website called StarTrekHistory.com. That's called StarTrekHistory.com. Similar to some ideas that I had for doing some kind of a website, but... uh, one of the things about this website, and I think it just mostly focuses on the original series, is there are deleted scenes that uh, have never, I don't think they're even on the Blu-rays anywhere, uh, but there are, uh, for various episodes of the original series, they don't really have a lot of deleted scenes. There were, you know, back in the, those TV days, you didn't film a lot that you didn't, didn't use. You know, it was a very tight budget, tight production timing and schedule, so... There are not a lot of uh, extra scenes from all the episodes. It's not like every episode has deleted scenes. I know they've been putting some of those TNG deleted scenes on some of the Blu-rays for those uh, series episodes or uh, Blu-ray sets, whatever I'm trying to say. You guys know. But uh, for this episode, for Elan of Troyes, there is a scene. Uh, they, they built a kind of a new recreation room for season three. You see a little bit of it in the episode and the children shall lead and also a little bit in Is There in Truth No Beauty, both of those third season episodes. But in Elan of Troyes, there is a scene where Spock is playing uh, his Vulcan harp and uh, Kirk and McCoy and Uhura go sort of see him there. And the the point or the way that they work this into this episode is Spock... uh, his music is being sort of piped into the dolmen of Elas's to Elon's quarters to sort of supposedly like calm her down, play her some nice music. And there's a little exchange between uh, McCoy and Kirk and Uhura and Spock there, talking about some music competition that Spock had been in, and he lost, and he lost to his father, and uh, which I could never see Sarek playing the harp like Spock does. Or, or playing any kind of musical instrument. But nice little bit of uh, trivia and history here. The uh, This site, uh, StarTrekHistory.com, if you go to the deleted scenes section there, you can see some still images, some smaller still images, showing the rec room with the characters in the rec room, Spock playing his heart, uh, and Uhura also there. So it's, it's neat, and uh, I, I like this kind of stuff. I, I hope... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I got to look into more detail. Maybe somebody's managed to, because there's some a, there's a great number of uh, probably about 10 or so or more uh, still frames here. And I don't know if these were just images or if there was a video of the scene around somewhere. I'm going to have to do a little more investigating on that. Uh, but uh, And I'm desperately waiting for season three. I really wish I would have had it for this podcast this week for that third volume of uh, the These Are the Voyages books, uh, it's uh, it really would have come in handy. And, uh, I, you know, I just... Uh, sorry, I had, to, I had to lean over and get my drink here. I'm drinking my little uh, green tea. 
But anyway, yeah, it would have been handy to have uh, Mark Cushman's third third volume of that to go over this episode uh, uh, and cover some of the behind the scenes and and details of this um, of this story. But uh, without that, well, we'll just you know march on anyway. All right, where were we next? Uh, let's do another clip here. So yeah, check out that website though, StarTrekHistory.com, when you get a chance. I'll try to post a link to it in the podcast notes. Also, I'll throw it up on uh, probably the Facebook group as well. Uh, Next time, next, next time, next clip. The big part of this episode that happens is there's a a kind of a legend or a story that the tears of the women of of Elas's tears will sort of they they drug men that are exposed to those tears to the point where they'll they'll basically sort of fall in love with them, sort of a love potion, so to speak. And of course, Captain Kirk is, he is uh, working with Elon. She cries, the tears touch his hand, and he sort of falls under a spell in a way and, and falls sort of under her, uh, you know, trap of love and, and so forth. And uh, so it, it messes him up. And, of course, at this time, they're also being pursued by the Klingons, and he's having trouble concentrating on his duties to the ship and the crew versus Elon. But uh, the next clip, I think, sort of relates to that a little bit. Uh, and Kirk's, I think this is just after it happens or somewhat shortly after it happens. But then the interesting thing that happens is Elon kind of starts to like Kirk more because he's, you know, not so aggressive and telling her what to do so much as before. So so they sort of mutually, in a way, fall in love uh, through this. But here's the next clip. Captain, are you all right? Did she cry, Jim? What? Did she cry? Did her tears touch you at any time? trouble. Now listen, Jim. Petri told Christine that the Alation women have a sort of a biochemical substance in their tears. It acts like a super love potion. And according to him, it doesn't wear off. It is true then, Captain. It's true. Bones, you've got to find me an antidote. I'll try, but I'll need test a... Bridge to Captain. Captain here. Captain, the Klingon ship has changed course. It is heading toward us at warp speed. On my way. Battle stations. Yeah, so, so they're, um, you know, Eh, mutually uh, now falling in love. Uh, talk a little bit about the costuming here. You know, Elon's outfit is obviously very revealing. Uh, she has a, a lot of different costume changes, too, in this episode. Uh, quite a few. Uh, probably more than just about any other character in, in TOS time frame uh, or history. Except for maybe uh, Khan... And uh, I think from that that girl that's in uh, Conscious of the King has a lot of different outfits, uh, but um, the uh, the guards have these goofy, weird little red and plastic looking kind of outfits, it's supposed to be sort of 
a body armor in a way, even though they wear these like short skirts that their legs are pretty much like exposed. <laughs> I don't know why they think so much in the future that guys are going to walk around in these short little skirts. I don't know what happened a lot in season three. I think it's the whole late sixties hippie vibe going on still here. Uh, but you know, if you want to protect yourself and you're a guard, you don't have half your body pretty much just exposed the skin of your body where anyone with like a sharp pencil could hurt you. So uh, it, it it always seems a little silly to me, but uh, um, but one of the guards, Ulan's guards, turns into you know it turns out that he's sort of a traitor and he has got a he's down in engineering and he's messing around with the engines, all, all, which I find hard to swallow a little that he gets in there so easily and messes things up. But he basically sabotages the engine so they can't go to warp any anymore, and then the Klingons finally catch up with them demand that they um, surrender and that leads to a battle which of course without their main power without warp drive and the main engines they they can't maneuver they can't really run and fight very well and that uh, causes some problems and then kirk in his sort of semi-loopy drugged lovesick state comes to the bridge and tries to fight off the klingons and elon kind of follows him up there uh, one of the things about the, the original series that it's both uh, it, it, it's dramatic and interesting, and it also happened in TNG. Now that you mentioned it, or now that I think about it, now that I mention it, uh, where uh, just about anybody can just pop into that turbo lift, click the button, or tell it where to go, and it goes right to you know the main heart of you know the ship. You'd think you'd need a code, a thumbprint. <laughs> Heck, these days you know to unlock people's uh, phones. You need a you need a code or, or a thumbprint. And you go to the bridge of the of the starship, and you can just go, no problem. But anyway, this this clip though shows uh, Alon coming to the bridge during the battle, and Kirk is trying to sort of get her off the bridge because uh, it's sort of distracting and it's pretty unprofessional and so forth. So uh, listen to this. I want you to go to sick bay. It's the best protected part of the ship. I want to be by your side. Your presence here is interfering with my efficiency. My ability to protect you. Mr. Spark, you have the con. Deck five. I love you. I have chosen you. And still I don't understand why you didn't fight the Klingon. I can accomplish my mission by turning tail and running, I'll gladly do that. And that mission is to take me to Troyes. Yes. Would you have me wearing my wedding dress for another man and never see you again? Yes, Elon. Are you happy at the prospect? Got to Captain. Kirk here. I've got bad news, Captain. The entire dilithium crystal converter assembly is fused. No chance of repair. It's completely unusable. No chance of restoring warp drive? Not without dilithium crystals. We can't even generate enough power to fire our weapons. Kirk out. Love, I have to go back to the bridge. Please, you must go to the sick bay. Yes, my love. 
Yeah, so so Kirk is he's oh he's so in love with Elan. Oh, she's so lovely and beautiful, and it's it's kind of a little goofy that part of it. Uh, it's also similar to things that have happened in other episodes, especially I think season three. But I do like the idea of two warring planets and the Enterprise kind of caught in the middle and the Klingons coming in as well. And then that leads to the big sort of reveal or one of the reasons that, or that the Klingons are attacking is when Alon shows up, they discover that this crystal necklace that Petri had brought for her to wear uh, happens to carry uh, dilithium crystals with it. And this is what's messed up in engineering, which is messing up warp drive right now. Scotty's been able to sort of fix everything else, but um, he needs new dilithium crystals. So Spock detects these from uh, Elan's necklace. This is the next clip I'm going to play for you. And they take this necklace of crystals, which always look like basically quartz to me. They look like uh, rose quartz, something like that. Uh, uh, stones so they take those down to engineering and try to get the engines back online so uh, here is that clip what sort of readings Mr. Spock she is the source jewels are in this they call them ratings the necklace is supposed to bring you luck it is of little value they are common stones these are common stones see captain here here common stones now i see why the klingons are interested in the system may i have this if i can be of any help of course you may have just saved our lives. Mr. Spark, do you think Scotty could make use of dilithium crystals? No doubt, Captain. He's coming in again, sir. Mr. Sulu, prepare on my order to turn quickly to port. Try and protect a number four shield. Aye, sir. So, of course, even though these crystals are pretty raw and uh, not cut properly or whatever in weird shapes, they uh, they manage to cram them into the, you know, engine room in their, in their little uh, dilithium chamber and, and manage to get them to work, which leads to the um, next clip, which is the battle with the Klingons. I wanted to point out here, too, that if you watch the remastered Blu-ray version, you know, they got some nice uh, details and better-looking Klingon ship and planet exteriors and and, and that uh, pretty cool stuff. Uh, you know the Klingon ships, the original CG, not really. What am I saying? CG, the original Klingon ship model work that they did. Uh, the Klingon ships always look kind of washed out and and very white and and lit up. Um, that's the problem with some of the model work in in early Trek. Is you know in order for it to be seen against the the space background they the ship always looked much more glowy and light lit up than it really should be you know if, if you just see the lighting more through if there's a nearby star or sun 
if there are lights and windows where lights showing out of the ship, you know, mo much more shadows and, and detail like that. Uh, you get to see that in the Klingon ships in the remastered version and the Enterprise as well, uh, too. So it's, it's, it's nice, nice effect. And uh, the, uh, you know, the weapons of the Klingon ship are appropriately this nice little green uh, look and uh, it's 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 good. They do a good job with it. And oh, speaking of models, I wanted to mention here that I just saw online yesterday that they uh, the Smithsonian, you know, the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum down in the gift shop area, which I've seen it uh, years ago when I went with my son. Somewhere I've got some pictures of it, uh, actual pictures. I think not digital even at the time. Oh boy, uh, it was a while ago. Maybe they are digital. I don't know. Anyway, the the eleven foot filming model for the Enterprise that was in the uh, gift shop in the in the Smithsonian is being moved. They're building a new uh, something called History of Space Flight or something like that. It's, uh, it is going to be a new area of the Air and Space Museum, and the Enterprise model filming model, the eleven foot filming model, which was used in the original series for most of the enterprise shots is going to be moved to that area, which is great. You know, it's going to be, you know, more on display and better, you know, exhibited than it's been before in recent years. Uh, there are, I know from the replica prop forum and other places, they've always complained that it doesn't have a very good paint job. You know, it's not very accurate and, and it should be redone. I'm not sure if the plan is to redo the, the finish on the ship or not, or fix it up and clean it up in some way. I would hope so, would think so. I'm not sure though. Uh, but, uh, in any case, they, they had a, I put it up for the Star Trek pick yesterday. They had some images of them taking it down carefully, putting it in a box, and sealing in a way, almost like uh, at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, it's getting put in a crate. And I wanted to yell out Indy, you know, Indy's line, it belongs in a museum. This belong, that starship belongs in a museum. So, so they are careful with it. And it, it's, it's an icon. It's, uh, you know, they got a pair of uh, Dorothy's Ruby slippers there. You know, it's, it's cool stuff. And I, I think these things in, in entertainment history are, are kind of our modern, uh, you know, pieces of art and, and artwork in that. So it's it's great that they're taking very good care of it, and it's going to be exhibited in a new uh, wing of the museum. So, okay, back to this episode. Let's finish this up. Um, I don't think I played. Did I play the Klingon battle clip yet? No, I think I just did the crystals one. That was last. So next clip uh, is the battle with the Klingons, which which finishes them, uh, finishes that little aspect of the story. So listen to this. Scotch, Captain. It's in place, sir. But I can't answer for what happens. You and Spark, get up here. Salute. Prepare for warp maneuvers. Nice. Check out. Arm photon torpedoes. Photon torpedoes ready. Warp power to the shields, Captain. Negative. The sensors will pick up our power increase. The more helpless he thinks we are, the closer he'll come. As he passes, I want to cut in warp drive. We'll pivot at warp two and bring all tubes to bear. Aye, sir. Mr. Chekhov, give him a full spread of photon torpedoes. I kept him. One hundred thousand kilometers. Scotty, stand by to cut in warp drive. Fluctuation. That's the shape of the crystals. I was afraid of that. Seventy-five. Seven. Six. Fifth. Fire at minimum range. Forty. If you want steady, don't. 
30. Warp in, Scotty. Full power to shields. Warp back to two. Here's the course. One, four, eight, mark three. Take off. Photon torpedoes. Fire. I said. Directed amidships by photon torpedo. Damage to Klingon number three shield, number four shield obliterated, loss of maneuver power. He's badly damaged, Captain. Continuing away at reduced speed. Secure from general quarters. Well done, Mr. Sulu. Scotty? But I don't understand you. You mean you won't pursue and finish him off? No. Mr. Sulu, resume course for Troyes. Aye, aye, sir. All right, and then we're coming up on the last clip, which is finishes the episode, Kirk saying goodbye to Elon, and, uh, it, you know, what what uh, Kirk and their others discover about this, this tear effect, that uh, this power that uh, she had over Kirk, that, uh, you know, in good Kirk fashion, he doesn't even need Dr. McCoy to... Uh, to cure him of this disease or virus that uh, his commitment to the crew and to the enterprise itself is, is enough to sort of, you know, he can will himself, you know, away from her. And I suppose having her off the ship helps quite a bit, but, uh, but anyway, yeah, this episode, uh, well, let me play the last clip for you and then I'll come back and we'll wrap up my, uh, my thoughts on, on this one. Remember me. I have no choice. Nor have I. I have only responsibilities and obligations. Goodbye. chemical substance of the Elysium tears. It's a kind of an infection, and I think I've found an antidote for You're it. You're too late, Doctor. The captain has found his own antidote. Are you out of your Vulcan mind? Do you know how long I've the worked on that? The antidote to a woman of Elas, Doctor, is a starship. The Enterprise infected the captain long before the Dolman did. Mr. Sulu, prepare to take us out of orbit. Well, I doubt seriously if there's any kind of an antidote for the Enterprise. In this particular instance, Doctor, I agree with you. Ahead, warp factor two.
So that was it. That, that's Elon of Troyes. Uh, it was the 63rd episode of the remastered version of the original series to air. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, when you read different documents and people who have written books and stories about the original series, you know, season three is always not, you know, thought very well of. And this episode is is no exception to that. It's kind of pulpy. Uh, you know, the the main, you know, woman guest star is sort of a, an object. She's being, you know, married off. She's not a very nice person. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, I could see women, you know, especially modern women, not having a very good feel for this episode or, or a good opinion of it. But, you know, again, late 60s, you got to put it in a little bit in perspective. I think it's also, you know, there's a little bit of the reason I think they picked an Asian woman to play Elan is there is this subservient sort of uh, situation in some Asian areas and of women. It's still true today in some some areas too. You know, they were very, very subservient uh, in some Asian cultures. Women were over the years, uh, even to modern times, uh, to to men. And that's, that's what it looks like here. So it's... Uh, you know, that's that's just the way things are. It's not like, you know, I, I guess you could call that not a great thing. It's not a good thing, but it is the way things are. So that's, uh, I guess, about all I had to say. I enjoy the episode. You know, it's it's obviously, you know, I've, I've gone through TOS and covered a, a good majority of the episodes. I'm getting down to the ones that are probably not ones that I'm a big, huge fan of. This was... I always enjoyed the. I remember watching the reruns of this growing up, and I always enjoyed the stuff with the Klingons. I thought the go, it was goofy with the Kirk and Alon situation, uh, but there are some fun moments in this episode. Scotty's got some good lines, and uh, you know, again, to me, any TOS still is is great. I I, I love it to death, and uh, it's always going to be my favorite and and closest to my heart. So. Uh, and there's some neat things and, and camera work and scenes you see in this episode, things you don't see a lot of um, with uh, with some of the effects and, and different areas of the ship. I really wish we had had that scene with the, the rec room in the episode itself. Uh, neat to see that as well. All right, I am going to take a short break. I will come back and wrap up the podcast for this week. This is Commander Uhura of the Starship Enterprise, a.k.a. Nichelle Nichols, wishing you the best of the best through eternity. All hailing frequencies are now on hold. Thank you so much. All right, well, I hope everybody enjoyed and liked the look at Elon of Troyes from Season 3 of TOS uh, on the show this week. I, I liked it. Uh, it's always fun to watch a TOS episode to, again and gather clips and talk about it so next week on the show uh you are going to get an episode with chris and jen they're going to talk about the mass effect games the mass effect computer games i think there are three uh yeah so they're going to talk about those which will be cool i love games love computer games all i seem to have time for to play is a little bit of world of warcraft but uh i've always enjoyed computers and computer games so i'm looking forward to that on the 28th in two weeks, I'll be talking about the fall season of TV. Looks like some new shows coming, like Gotham and Flash. Most of the new stuff won't have started by then, but I'll kind of go give a rundown of what uh, what we're going to be watching this year on TV. I'm probably going to do a video cast with that, play some clips from the new shows coming up. 
and uh, so that'll be cool. Which will probably end up on Vimeo, uh, on my Vimeo channel. If you just go to Vimeo forward slash Trekkie, you'll be able to see my videos there. On the 5th of October, uh, Mark will be here. Uh, Mark from the Great Northwest. He is going to cover one of the episodes from the original Outer Limits series. He's going to cover the Xanti Misfits. So that's going to be neat. Uh, Mark usually, you know, he covers the retro older sci-fi movies. The last one he covered, I think, was Them. Uh, but uh, next time he's going to be covering the Xanti Misfits on the 5th. And on the 12th, after I'm back from Austin, I'll do a video cast, of course, about Austin Comic Con on the 12th of October. That'll be about a week after I get back from that. So I hope anyone listening, if you're in the Texas area near Austin and all, you'll, you'll, you'll come see us, look for the anomaly table that they're going to have there, anomaly booth slash table. And you'll be able to find uh, myself probably hanging out with uh, them and walking around and enjoying uh, the fun convention life. (laughs) Um, And it's so exhausting. Oh, gosh, I'm already tired thinking about it, you know. But it is fun. So uh, that's it for Trucks and Sci-Fi this week. I want to just say a couple last things. Thanks so much for everybody who's donated uh, for my podcast hosting fees and dues that are coming up uh, in September this month. I really appreciate that. You can always find links to donate on the main page over at treksandsci-fi.com. If you ever want to contact me, treksf at gmail.com is the best way. Uh, if you want to join the forum, shoot me an email. Let me know what your handle or name, username you want to use for the forum, and I'll set you up. Or just join the Facebook group that you've got to be invited there as well. It's a closed group on Facebook. But just go to facebook.com forward slash treksinsci-fi. So I think that's it, folks. Uh, take care, everyone. I'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Next week again, Mass Effect with Chris and Jen. Take care. Bye-bye. Dusty Podcast Production.